Okay, then I will say welcome to a conversation with Open Minds. Today we are going to talk about a serious subject that is uh, near and dear to the hearts of a couple of people in this room right here, right now. So I'm going to first yeah. of all introduce the guy on the left, Noah. Shalom, y'all. And I'm going to introduce the guy on the right of this round table, Randall. Man, I was panicking today. Buongiorno, though. <laughs> and we're going to shuffle in another that's chair. We're going to shuffle another chair at the other corner. And we've invited Heather. Hello, guys. Welcome, hello, Heather. Hello. Welcome. Very nice. Very nice. Hello. hello. Welcome to the uh, seat at the table. Yeah, Welcome right. to the freak show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, would have used much. another term, but yes, Preacher sounds okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. she's listened to the show before. <laughs> once, maybe once, and then I, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, yeah these jokers. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway, today we're going to talk about the mind of a serial killer. There you go. Doesn't it just make you feel good to say that? Actually, it kind of felt sure. weird. <laughs> I was so dirty exactly. when I said it. Like, Ugh. hey, man, they people just like everybody else. Little, no, they're not. Food. They're not. They're not at all like anybody else. That's why we're doing a show about them because they're so different. Well, no, no, they are like anybody else. They just have certain quirks. Exactly. Oh, sure. Up to a point, they're like everyone else. Yeah. I mean, we've all got quirks. There just happens to be. A little right. bit more psychopathic, uh, yeah. homicidal, exactly. sociopathic. There you sure. go. The different types, all of them. Dialed up to 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, we actually wanted to just delve into the mind of a serial killer and kind of figure out what makes them tick, which is kind of weird that you wonder what, what makes them tick. You know what it is, murder. Um, but kind of dig into why, I guess, in a Ooh. sense. So, Ooh. I don't yes. think that's what makes them tick. You don't no, think murder is what makes him tick? We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Yeah. Right. yeah well, yeah. Noah has opened the door. Yeah. So he doesn't think murder is what does it, which apparently is the end point of what they do. Um, mm -hmm. Go yeah, ahead, Noah. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? All right. Well, you know, some of the... Yeah, we're no psychologists. None of, well, I don't know about Heather. I don't know if you have a PhD in psychology, but um, I, can, I, I know don't. for a fact that Randall and uh, KT don't, and myself... I've got two associate degrees to my pedigree. So, but I think when it comes to the idea that somebody wants to go out and kill people for fun and pleasure, I don't think that it's because they necessarily want to kill. Now, I have seen my fair share of movies on the matter. One of my favorites being Manhunter from back in the 80s. That was a great movie. Um, and that was specifically about the mind of a serial killer. Mm -hmm. And I think that what honestly motivates a lot of people to do um, these kinds of things. And I, I'll venture to say too, that it's not even about the, um, the, the murder itself. They could be into any sort of things, but what it is to me is power that right there. And the ability to take the life to me is almost the ultimate power that they can exert, you know, exert on another person and feel for themselves. Um, I'll project out on a different subject, but rape is kind of the same thing. It's not about the sex that the rapist is after it's about the power and i think that that is what motivates a lot of these people to do what they do is because they do it and they get away with it at first right and they'll start with animals or something like that but they get away with it and they're like oh i did this and i got away with it look at me i'm awesome i'm powerful so that to me is what the underlying the ultimate motivation is it's the power that they feel why can't it be about both though I mean, the power well, is one thing. Yes, I totally, totally get what you're saying. But if yeah. you are a killer of a sexual nature, then sex is your power. So the sex is your gratification, but it is the power that you use over that particular person. Correct? I don't, I, I, if you're asking <clears throat> me, I don't think that sex is the gratification. I think it's the realization of the power. And however they, um, you know, feel yeah, that and express that, it's all about exerting their will on another person and having that person be their the subjugate to them. Hmm. Okay. I agree with that. Um, to an extent to both of you, actually the, the power absolutely having control because in my 
research of serial killers, which I've done for many, many years. I just am fascinated oh. by I know it's creepy, right? Damn, we, uh, we, no, so we, we do got a PhD. On the field, we got a PhD <laughs> here. See, Noah? You know, research, that. You know. <laughs> I've seen I mean, some movies, but man. <laughs> yeah. have, I've always been fascinated by what makes murderers tick criminals in general, but especially serial killers. Um, so the, the power, the control that they're able to have in that area of their life that they're not in other areas. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Into the, um, psychology of a serial killer, so to speak, it goes into, you know, their environment, how they were raised, Mm -hmm. the abuse Mm -hmm. they suffered, the trauma, stuff like that. So in a situation where maybe a kid had no control over getting abused or whether it was physical, sexual, verbal, whatever, now they can take this surrogate of a parent or a partner and they can like you said no exact control and power over them um, but there's also the sexual sadist which right. kt mentioned who has you know this other side that's all about sexual fantasies or violence maybe they again if you've been a product of sexual abuse or whatever now you're acting that out in a different way so you've got so many different layers to a serial killer in their psychology. Yeah, I I would, I would say too, like for every, every killer that's out there, it's, it's going to be a different, it's a different case. You know I mean? They they might have similarities as they, what they do, what they do and all that. But, you know, to me, there's a difference between, um, it was a Ted Bundy versus Jeffrey Dahmer, you know, um, the personalities of the people are different, but then again, they have all these similar traits and characteristics and and whatever's, but as you say that, as you said that I looked it up the other day and they gave me four types of serial and it was the mission oriented, the visionary, the hedonistic and the power slash control oriented. So Dahmer is more considered hedonistic. I guess because they say it because he, he, he was a hedonistic, lustful killer. So even though I guess you could call that that was his power. That's what that was a driver for him. That's what got him going. That's what made him do what he did. Whereas, let's say, Charles Manson, his power was power over other people. Yeah. Well, and you Control know, Charles over Manson's somebody else's mind. He's an interesting one because he never actually killed anybody, did he? Uh, Correct. Correct. Physically. You know, no, no, it, that, I find that amazing that, you know, he's not a good person by any means, um, but that he's in jail for life for not actually killing anybody physically. But right, no, I'm right. glad he's there. I'm not saying nothing otherwise, but yeah, it's interesting. Facilitating, yeah. Um, yeah. being the instrument of uh, coordination and all that, you know, right. the leader of the pack. Yeah. Aiding and abetting. But it's well, just like, he... um, oh, go ahead. Go I'm ahead. sorry. I think with Manson, that brings out one of the really common traits of a serial killer or a psychopath is that they're manipulative. They're very charming and they have the ability to read people better than anyone else. So they use that and they find these vulnerable victims. He just happened to use more the power of brainwashing than actually doing the killing. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how a lot of these like Ted Bundy super charming attractive you know he played the victim with a broken bone or what you know and mm-hmm. preyed on people's right. goodness um and lured his victims in um uh-huh. kind of what manson very, did very charming ted bundy very charming mm-hmm. very good looking very mm-hmm. you know handsome like you say could charm you but he had that other side me um i want to just go back a little bit to what heather was saying about um when you're talking about a killer, murder, why people do bad things in general, you know, you have environment, you know, you have, uh, like you said, childhood traumas, uh, a bunch of different things, stressors, sexual fantasies. But uh, one of the people that I looked up uh, when I was doing some research was uh, the Atlanta child killer, Wayne Williams. Yeah. His, his thing was uh, stressors. You know, he mm-hmm. had these two parents that were very successful teachers, PhDs, you know, they helped him. They pampered him. Mm-hmm. You know, he never had to warn or, you know what I'm saying, work hard. So when he went into the world, he had several failures. You know, he felt like uh, the world didn't look at him, you know, and then he wanted an outlet. 
because as he was killing, he was in the shadows, you know, in Atlanta, I think it was in the late 70s. Yeah. He killed maybe 21 kids. Jeez. And that's a different thing when you kill children, you know. Right. I, I know serial killer is mm. a serial killer, but it's that's a different depth of uh psychotic, evil. I think. Depravity yeah, evil. Well, evil. evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um those stressors in his life pushed him to want to be seen in the light of for lack of a better, better word, better word, popular. You know, right. um, as he killed these kids, he would look at information the FBI would put out or the cops would put out and he would study it. He would change up methods. Um, and to this day, uh, he still professes innocence. Um, the murders all stopped when they caught him. Um, you know, uh, he and he didn't have like a pattern. He would strangle some. He would shoot some. So um, those stressors in your life, depending on how we handle them, can change us. They can warp us, just like our experiences in life through childhood or where we grew up. That's why I always tell people, hey, man, everybody grows up different because we'll get into these social. I like to call them social experiments because I feel like we, we live in one every third day. But um, <laughs> everybody, everybody comes from somewhere different. But in the social experiment, if you have five or six people that come from similar places, then they they usually dictate what goes on in that experiment and what's normal. And everybody else is an outlier. Um, not saying that serial killers are should be like uh, you know uh, pampered or or coddled or say, man, we feel sorry for them. No, but that's generally the pattern that they follow um, in the things that I've studied. I don't know what you everybody thinks about that. Anybody? Okay. Well, <laughs> going back to um to Wayne Williams, yeah. when you talk about you know his stressors, a lot of it is exactly that the environment and the the social aspect of not developing any coping skills. Yes. You know, whether you are pampered, you grow up with a silver spoon and then all of a sudden you're in the real world and, you know, shit just got real. And you're like, I can't deal exactly. with this. So I'm going to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. um, so it's that coping mechanism that they may not have or not being able to in Ted Bundy's case. Um, a lot of the things that he said and reports that have been done are that a lot of this stemmed from rejection. He had a girlfriend mm -hmm. he was madly in love with. She rejected him. And so he started choosing victims that looked like her. And there comes that power and control. Like, you're not going to, you know, deny me. You're not going to kick me to the curb. I'll show you kind of thing. Because he never developed the coping skills to deal with rejection or to have a, a meaningful romantic relationship or connection or anything like that. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Curious. And so we say that, that they didn't develop coping skills to deal with whatever it is they're having to deal with. So they they flip. That's just one. That's just one part. No, no, no. One part of it. And I, yeah, I totally get that. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying. So they flip to the extreme of murdering anybody and everybody that identifies with this one particular subject. Well, I think in Wayne Williams, whether it be mom, Wayne. whether it be girlfriend. Yeah, in Wayne Williams' case, I think he was looking more for when he had dealt with those failures and those stressors, he was looking more for acceptance, you know, and um, popularity. You know, that's what I gathered yeah. from it. And yeah. um, it almost became, from what I was reading, a game to him, you know, if he could outwit, you know, because uh, this mm -hmm. thing went on for a long time. It did. If he could outwit the FBI or um, Atlanta PD, it happened in Atlanta. I don't know if you guys saw, but you can go on. Uh, I think it's Showtime. Is it Showtime, KT? What? They had it on. We were talking about the uh, Atlanta child murder. I think it was. Yeah. We were talking. Yeah. They had a, a special on it, the Atlanta child murders. Um, it was around, I think, 1978 through 81. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, those those things uh, made him, him feel proper, gave him a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, Heather said, uh, attention seeker. You know, um, and I think sometimes us as parents, we're all parents, too. Um, we always see signs in our kids, you know, not saying that we're going to say that his parents miss the serial killer signs. Because, I mean, I don't want to put that that on on them. But I mean, in different cases, uh, 
you see little things like uh, I don't know if you guys know about the B2K killer, Dennis Rader. So in his thing, mm-hmm. he was uh, what is it? I think it was buying, torture, kill. His thing was yes. the whole sexual fantasy thing. But at an early age, he was torturing animals. You know, he was yep. uh, masturbating to these uh, graphic novels. And I'm sure his parents, you know, uh, saw some of this, you know, I'm sure he didn't go his whole life because when he got older, he was in mid mid America. You know, he was a, I want to say he was a deacon in the church. He did everything mm-hmm. right. You know, he had that that persona of, you know, Midwestern guy. Everything's good. But the underlying things in him, uh, one of the guys said after he got convicted that he was a control freak. He liked to control everything. Mm. He had to control. How many How many people we know like to control every aspect <laughs> of, <laughs> you know, not saying, I'm just saying. He had these By the end of this show, we're all going to be serial killers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Piss me Everybody off. Everybody listening to this, they're going to be doubting themselves, looking out the window like, man, I'm a killer. You're going to be giving your kids the side eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody's gonna start having plastic forks and knives in the house. Man. Can't trust little yeah, Johnny. Yeah, but um, Dennis Randy he used to hang cat, uh, take cats outside and string them up, um, hang them, and he would let them uh, hang there, you know, until they died. Uh, when he had he killed people, he would um strangle them and let them pass out, and then let them come back. Mm. And breathe, and then he was strength because that was part of his fantasy, right. the torture part of his fantasy. He, watching the life being sucked out of him. Yeah, he got off on that. That and, control uh, and power. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But, you know, so, I, I also think back then, you think 60s, 70s, 80s, parents did not deal with or probably did not know or understand kids' issues to oh, be no. able to a- accurately say, my son's got a problem. Let's deal with this. No, it's like, what the hell's wrong with my boy? And you slap him in the face and say, go out there and do something. And, and just ignore as, it and just move on. As long as that well, kid came home when it got dark, they didn't care. Yeah. And so, you know, you spend a lot of time in your room doing whatever you were doing because your parents really weren't paying that much attention to the slightly off-kilter things that you may or may not do. Yeah. I will say this. And Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that um, I should have done it before we did this um, actual mm-hmm. the recording, but on Netflix, there was a really interesting show that I saw um, a couple months ago called Don't F with Cats. Seen it. I saw yeah. that. And it's it starts up. off. It starts off with somebody that, you know, is suspected of abusing animals and, you know, come to find out that, yep, <laughs> and they escalate it. And it was actually, a really interesting little snippet into that. Aspect. I was actually, it's not that he's accused of it. Is that he actually does it? He films it on the internet and basically posts him. Yeah, abusing. Yeah, but like, you know, like they they were trying to figure out is this real, right? You know, or and is also this trying like to figure a out who fake of some kind? Yeah, right. But, that's but it, es- exactly it escalates happened. into a totally another story from that on there. But yes, I was I also kind so. of thinking though, aren't some of these guys just straight assholes? Um, I mean, probably not. I mean, we're saying that there there are you know issues that they may have had growing up or dealing with in life but i'm like thinking charles manson was just a straight asshole i think uh, i mean he's very he charming. was mani- i'm sure yeah, he was, but he was, he was manipulative people. enough to be able to get somebody to do his bidding which means to me means there's nothing mentally wrong with him he's oh, no. highly intelligent so he's just a straight there's something mentally asshole. wrong with him <laughs> well he has a he has a swastika carved in his forehead <laughs> <laughs> He's not if he had his name carved in his forehead, there'd be something wrong with him. I've been doing that before. I just got my tattoo, but yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I, change it know, into a 3D it, box. Yeah, yeah. Uh, spoiler, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, there, there's some shows that talk about tattoo redos and stuff, so you're, you're, not, out, you're not totally screwed on that. It's one but, on um, Netflix, actually. It's a couple. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But, um, you know, the other thing, too, and this doesn't this is a little bit distant from the serial killer aspect. But some of these people that get into this, um, you know, the idea of murder and they want to murder somebody famous. And I'm thinking specifically of John Lennon. And I know a lot of people that are big Beatles fans that are big music fans and just people of, of you know, fans of life and niceness in general. And basically, the guy that killed Lennon wanted to be famous. He wanted to be famous, and that's why he did it. So I know a lot of people that talk about that 
assassination, that killing specifically, right. don't mention that guy's name because that's what he wanted. That's exactly what he wanted. I also thought he wanted to be Lenin. I thought like he thought he was him, which is why I guess he decided to get rid of him because he was almost like taking his place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that but that specifically not using that person's name and like with a lot of serial killers, uh-huh. um, I wonder if. You know, that's part of that control aspect or that idea that they want to be famous, that they are the ones that, you know, they're so much more famous or, or powerful than their victims because their name is going to live on right. in infamy, so to speak. I can see that. But well, here's, here, my two cents on that. here's my thing. This is my this might be controversial, but I'm going to say it because as you guys were talking, I was just thinking about it to me personally. I mean, um. Have you ever seen that? What was that movie with Samuel L. Jackson? It was called, was it Changing Lanes? Changing Lanes or something yeah. like that. Basically, the movie where he just flipped out, right? And he was Isn't behind him and Ben Affleck. Yeah, something. He had all these different stressors. And oh, I yeah. think that, in saying think- that, I, I think every human um, sometimes can get to a stress level to where they can have a mental break. Or yeah. be close to it, but it's how oh, yeah. we deal. It's how, like Heather was saying, it's how we deal. If we don't learn how to, those coping mechanisms, um, if we're not redirected um, to a better light, then we delve deeper and deeper into um, that mental break. You know, um, I think anybody is capable of anything mm-hmm. at any time. It just depends on. Um, how, how far you go down the rabbit hole, like not even addressing serial killers. But if you think about everyday crimes, you know, people um, kill people, people, you know, uh, you know, just everyday crimes. What makes I, I think about it all the time. What makes somebody do that? Like um, what puts you so far down into um, the abyss to say, hey, I'm going to go uh, murder somebody. Now, I'm going to delve into my life. I, I know a couple of people that are locked up for something like that and um i don't want to say they're good how can i put this because i don't want to highlight it and make it seem like um i'm justifying what they did because i'm not uh but at least one of those persons are i i know is a good person but sometimes you get warped and you make a terrible mistake. Now that's different from serial killers because they delve deeper and deeper into that rabbit hole and they continue down it um, whether they want to or not. Does that make sense? You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, as you're saying that, I've heard this expression before where people, you know, say that people shouldn't be judged by the worst decisions or the worst things that they've ever done. You know? So now granted, if you do something absolutely horrible, then yeah, you're probably going to be judged on that because it was just insurmountable to get past that. But I mean, mm-hmm. if somebody's you know young and influenced into a gang or influenced by a certain person that you know they do bad things, they you know maybe they don't necessarily kill somebody, but they rob, they steal, um, they just do things that they're not proud of along the way, and then all of a sudden, you just, anybody can have that realization that you know. I'm not doing the right things in my life and for myself and for the world or whatever. I need to change. And people do do that. They change. But it's that idea that you can have somebody that's a good person that for whatever reason, they did something that is bad. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, and then, of course, if they get caught and they get put in the system, then that kind of probably makes everything worse. But I'm, I'm staring because I'm staring that back to the whole. I said that to say this part. It was kind of like a setup, but. Yes. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm man. just saying. Uh, why do people do bad? Why do people do bad things? Why do serial killers kill? Is it because is it random? Is it spiritual? Is it temptation? Is it God? Like, I also looked at Son of Sam. What about calling? He said, you know, a, a, a demon told him a dog. You know, right? What is it? Do we do we delve into that? Um, is that part of it? Can that be part of it? Do we believe in demons? Do we, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's all a matter of how we, how we look at it. Because in his case, you know, he claimed that he was possessed or that uh, right. the demon possessed dog told him right. that he, he was killed. Then he changed it to 
he was part of a group and that the dog was the dog's owner was part of the cult and they all were possessed and they were told right. to kill them. Uh, so, you know, how do we, how do we explain that? Uh, um, you know, what is, is it a random thing? Can we just say, well, we're not going to believe that it is just a random killer. He was bad. Noah said evil. So, okay. Explain to me. Well, so that was back to our other conversation that we had about good and evil um, you know, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. and I actually, I don't think that that's necessarily the case is that, you know, I think that most everybody is redeemable. Um, I think that people that do bad things like um, the son of Sam, specifically, if you want to talk about that, you know, where somebody's hearing voices, you know, everything that happens in our mind and in our brain is a result of chemical and electrical activity. And if there's an imbalance, um, you could get schizophrenia, you could get paranoid delusions, you can have manic depressive. You can have all these things that are explained with, you know, the basic chemistry and biology of what makes us human. But, you know, so I don't necessarily think that people are inherently evil or good necessarily. I mean, I kind of like to, you know, the, 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 the idea that people do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. That's just what I believe. But I don't think that, you know, it's Charles Manson is somebody that he might be considered evil but then again, how do you define that? Could he have turned himself around and become uh, a lawyer, an advocate for other people that were uh, criminally prosecuted that are innocent and help them prove their case? And that happens with other people. I mean, they happen to be innocent. Charles Manson is guilty. But, you know, what is so, what is what is evil? Is Hitler evil? Is Stalin evil? Or are they just maniacal serial killers that were heads of government and they can get away with it because, you know. So let me ask you this. Uh, well, let me ask Heather, what do you think? chime in and uh let us know your views on it all right i think that um there's no cookie cutter model for a serial killer um and it's definitely a cocktail it's you know genetics um you know as noah mentioned you could have a mental disorder um you know mental health issue um, or a predisposition to something because of a family member um, there's even cases where I think Richard Mar- Ramirez, the night stalker, um, mm, had yes. two traumatic brain injuries, right? So parts of your brain are damaged. And, and I've read a lot about how, you know, certain parts affect certain things like the ability to have empathy, the ability to feel guilt or remorse or whatever. So, you know, you throw that in the mix and then you might have a crap family environment where you're abused mm-hmm. or neglected or abandoned. and you know, so it's this perfect storm or this cocktail of things that maybe take a person who wasn't inherently evil, you know, grew mm-hmm. up as a sweet, sweet kid. You, there's plenty of serial killers that were sweet kids um, mm-hmm. and, and then fell through the cracks. And this compounded effect of nobody cares about me. Nobody's paying attention to me. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to care about them. And, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I think there are some people, <laughs> I think it was KT that said that are just assholes, you know, they just, for yes, whatever yeah. reason, they just want to hurt people and they, some, for some reason they get off on that. Um, so, you know, and everything I, I tried to, to go the science route of like, okay, what defines a serial killer? Um, and, and what are their common traits? And while there are some common personality disorders or traits or characteristics, it's, it's all over the map. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, I, I found this one guy that I thought was really interesting, Jim Clemente. I guess he's a former FBI behavioral analyst and a criminal profiler. And he actually writes and produces for the show Criminal Minds, which is one of my favorites. Okay. Um, but his illustration I thought was really neat. And he said that if you look at it, genetics loads the gun. Personality mm-hmm. or psychology aims the gun. And then experiences pulls the trigger. Mm. I've never so I heard thought, it put like that. I know. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool illustration of how maybe a serial killer comes to be. Hmm. Mm. Say that again. Say that again. I'm writing this down. <laughs> I want to. Right, I want to so. bit another. I want to bit another conversation and and sound smart. So I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, you know. So when you think, when you're thinking about a serial killer. 
The genetics. Yeah. <laughs> Conversation <laughs> about serial killers and go. Yeah. 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 Your social life is headed in a very weird direction, but um, so, uh, Jim Clemente, I don't want to take credit because he was the FBI guy. He said genetics loads the gun. So your biology, your um, mm-hmm. inherited mental disorders, any genes that predispose you, any brain damage. So your biology, that loads the gun. Your psychology or personality um, aims the gun. And then experiences or your environment pulls the trigger. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I think that for me really sums up that it, it really is just just like any of us. You know, we mm-hmm. all have um, our, our DNA and, and things we've inherited um, that get kind of passed down. And, and whether it's cultural or um, in our family, we believe certain things or whatever. And then you have the way that you grew up, what your parents taught you, and, um, uh-huh. and then you have just your own character traits or whatever that that have you deal with things a certain way and hopefully keep us all from having that moment where we snap and hurt somebody or, you know, like it so much that we keep doing it. And these people don't. They just, they, they, uh-huh. sometimes maybe the cards are just stacked against them. And um, yeah, that's my nope. two cents. Now let me let me ask you this because I was I watch a few shows. I mean, I'm probably not an expert on I probably don't watch as much as you, but I always hear like when people say, man, these uh serial killers, they all possess this great intelligence. And that's not true because I was reading some, you know, I was reading these different cases and they say some killers are, for lack of a better word, dumb. And some are <laughs> smart. So, like you say, it's no, it's no rhyme or reason to it. You know, I think that's a good illustration you said by uh, Jim Clemente. That mm-hmm. that sums it up perfectly. I guess but, they would um, almost say, call them intelligent only because they have the ability to commit a crime for an extended period of time and not get caught. Exactly. But yeah, remember, you your, yeah. So there's a little intelligence. Organized. Yeah, you're not a complete idiot, but you have enough intelligence to, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you have enough intelligence to be able to commit a crime for a long time and not be caught by anybody and almost like do it in their face. Like you're trying to say, right. But the intelligence. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I say, but I do think that. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, go ahead, no, go ahead. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. So <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that the intelligence part could come in as to if they can cover up the crime in an intelligent way. You know, that might be the the sign of intelligence that you know they they've killed somebody. There's all this blood, whatever. There's a weapon. There's a body. So they got to get rid of the evidence and to think like, okay, how do I do this? And and that might be where the intelligent part comes in that we can see not only how they clean up the crime, but how they set it up and deal with the whole aspect of committing this heinous crime and getting away with it. I think part of that, though, comes from a lot of these serial killers aren't um, active in the community as far as, you know, they've, they've got a long rap sheet so the police know who they are. So these are people that are off the grid. So they can commit well, as many crimes, for the most well, part, I should say. For the not most part. so much. He, well, exactly. he, well, he's talking about committing crimes and cleaning it up. And I'm saying that some of them don't clean up, but still don't get caught. So there's a reason why you're not catching them is because, let's say, 20, 30, 40 years ago, their DNA was not on file. I was never about to knew say who that. They yep. were. So, DNA. Yeah. yeah so so they, they weren't intelligent in not cleaning up. They just said, I'm going to kill them and I'm done. We just didn't know who that person was. And they got away with that for a long time. I think technology has caught up with Correct. serial killers and you're not. If you're going to be a serial killer today, you better be highly intelligent. You better know the law. You better watch CSI. You better- <laughs> yeah, you better know forensics. You better know Listen forensics. to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You better click on the podcast and listen to it. No, nah, I don't want that kind of credit. Yeah, I don't, I don't want that want <laughs> You know, well, thank uh, you. Good night. Yeah. Yeah, Katie said that they're kind of off the grid. So, again, because this is just something I've always been interested in, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts and, and you know, y'all think whatever, whatever you want. <laughs> But the thing that scares me more than anything else is that oftentimes these are 
upstanding yes, yes. members yeah. of our society. They have families, wives, mm-hmm. children, homes. They're members of the community, the church. They are police officers and, yep. um, you know, these people that are supposed to be the good guys. Um, and yep. they that's where, like you said, the intelligence comes in because they are organized enough to mm. be able to to do this cover up, get away with it, dump a body, get rid of a body, whatever the case may be. Um, and that's what scares me because the person sitting next to you, um, wherever, or standing behind you in line at the grocery store might be eyeing you up as far as how they're going to yes. dismember you or something, you know, it's, it's yes. crazy. Okay. I don't mean to cut you off that, but we're going to need to take a very quick break because we'll be right back in a second. Oh man! Right. There she goes. Welcome yeah, back to the glorification like, of serial killers. Yeah, this is like yes. all the time for us. All the time. Yeah. It's sad. yes. We're yeah, so I guess sad. I just want to tell everybody, tell the world out there that we're, we are not glorifying serial killers in any way, shape, fashion, or form. We are just talking about them, like no. we would talk about nope, nope, nope. anything else. So please do not take it in like, that general direction. With that being said, but keep back on, to what keep on. Now. Yeah. Yes, keep <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just fight that fight, buddy. <laughs> Guys, it'd be terrible. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm sorry. Anyway, right. keep going. Right. Follow Continue. the dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where were we? I think I think Heather was was it Heather talking? Who was talking? She was. Was I talking? She was talking about I was upstanding talking about people about in the community. The- yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. Yes, serial killers that hide in plain sight. Plain mm. sight, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, so this Noah could be more of an awareness podcast. Mm-hmm. There yes. you go. All right, See, I like it. Okay. See? That neighbor that's See? inviting you over for the barbecue, you know, you Ooh. might want to check the grill and see. Yeah. <laughs> you might beat a barbecue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, yeah. You might need to bring a little sidearm <laughs> with you just in case, you know? You know, yeah. Every- yeah. Every neighbor that's interviewed after they discover a serial, serial, I cannot say that, serial killer, is like, he was such a nice guy. Yeah, exactly. I was yep. thinking that same thing. Yep. yep. Yeah. They, they all nice. But I think with serial killers, too, I think they go out of their way to be nice, normal, Yeah. to yeah. be very nice and very normal, you know, have a routine so that people want look at them with the side eye while well, they're doing this stuff in the middle of the night or whenever, you know. Isn't, isn't, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that a component of, of being a sociopath, you know, trying to have that persona and be liked and popular and just kind of fit in and you're the kind of, you're, you're that alpha personality, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, well, we know yeah. plenty of social... No, just, <laughs> that's another story for another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Well, yeah, it's, right. but like Heather was saying, and I, I I don't need to talk more about it, but you know, it's all those it's all the mixed parts that put together that whole person, that whole package. Because you could have somebody that has bits and pieces of all that, but they're not actually going to go out and commit the crime and then do it again and then do it again and you know, escalate it. So, you know, it's just that horribly magical combination of all that crap cocktail. that makes Kelly people cocktail. yeah cocktail that makes people go out and do it and you know we you know we kind of figure we then we break them apart and go well how did this happen and what what made this person tick i think what? it's the same thing as as anybody else um like an alcoholic so to speak um what makes them different where they can't stop they drink mm-hmm. until they pass out um i can have a drink or two and be fine yes um, you know, so right. very small example of how you can have all of the same scenarios and, and ingredients in the recipe and somebody's going to end up with a really tasty cake and somebody's going to end up with a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> something the yeah. dog's not going to eat. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, man. That's true. I mean, I think I think that uh, when I'm looking at these types of things, go ahead. I was just going to say that, you know, kind of towards if we're getting close to the end of the conversation, but 
in general, though, I think that what we could probably also take away from this conversation and maybe others is the idea that, you know, that there are mental problems that, you know, that are significant that create, you know, the, the genetics help, but the person, I think that there's such a lack of mental health awareness with oh, so yeah. much in this country. I mean, in the world, yes, but, you know, this country, we've got so many resources and, and we are all so stressed all the time about everything that, you know, it's just the idea that we don't take care of ourselves mentally, like at all. You know, yeah. you're expected to go to the doctor for your annual physical checkup, but there's no thought in the world about going to therapy. I mean, that's almost frowned upon. You're going to therapy? You're I calling your, that, uh, your EAP? What's wrong with you? It's yeah, like, come I on, think man. that not until the last 10 years did mm-hmm. we as United States focus on mental health. Because I can just remember growing up as a kid, um, you know, anytime, you, any little bump or any little thing, you know, your relatives are like, oh, shake it off. Oh, that's not right. No, that's not a big deal. Or, you know, with me having kids now, I have adult kids and I have a kid kid. I went against that. I was I focused on that as they were growing up because I saw the type of things that were done, you know, and like just little things, you know, um, that we probably should focus on as parents to help better our kids that affect them even as they become adults and we don't even probably realize that and I can imagine that magnified with a serial killer that already has you know um some type of fantasy some type of fetish um some type of you know uh like you say power or power hunger or anything like that I can imagine how they feel if that's not treated you know and most of these serial killers grew up and um they're older so I mean they yeah. killed in the 70s and 80s when I feel like um, technology was still young and we didn't understand mental health. We're just now starting to say, you know, health is wealth. And we say health is wealth. We should include mental health as wealth. You know? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I truly believe that. Um, I think that especially in these uh, um, public service fields. You tend to see a lot. You tend to do a lot. You, uh, you tend to go through a lot, and we don't treat mental health. We treat mm-hmm. it like it's 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 being, especially men. We treat it like mm-hmm. it's being, uh, for lack of a better word, soft. Uh, being a you know, oh, that's just a woman. You know that? No, no. That's why that's, women need to run the world because men are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> did I say that out loud? I thought that was my inside voice. I'm sorry. I did. I wrote it down too. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's just uh, it's astonishing. It's just like I I reflect on my own life and I think about things that were either said to me or I went through, and then how I um how I wanted to treat my children, and I definitely treated yeah. them different. I put this thing up the other day. It was on Facebook. It says, "Be be who you wanted." Yes. To help you when you were younger. I, I forgot exactly yeah. how it was. Yeah. But I made it, a joke it, about it, but I, I definitely yeah. appreciated the idea in the sense. I was like, yes, I like it. It resonated with me, you know, just yeah. that. Yeah. Part. I don't want to get too far off, but just in the serial killer realm, maybe if they would have had, you know, some more, uh, if their parents would have, you know, tuned in something more, not saying better. that it would have stopped them, you know, right. but maybe it would have helped them. Well, I, I just want to say real quick, though, the idea that, um, you know, people say, well, if you go, go back, if you could go back in time and kill Hitler, would you? And I've heard somebody say that, well, I'd go back in time and buy his art and make him <laughs> not want to take over and, you know, rule the country and kill everybody. Because that's, you know, why are you going to go back and, and end the life when you can change that life? And I'm, yeah. I'm saying it in general as a jokey way, but, you know. If somebody could intervene into somebody's life in a positive way, like you're saying, you know, whether you're a kid or even an adult and you reach that milestone or you're in a situation where somebody can easily come in or maybe not even easily, but step in and go, hey, how about this? And that changes so many things for that person. It kind of, you know, can, can maybe fix things or lead somebody on a different path instead of the murderous rampage that they want to go on. I totally agree with that because I think a lot of these serial killers ended up acting things out because they felt rejected. They didn't feel loved. They didn't feel understood. There was a complete disconnect between them and their parents and they had no connection. Um, That's one of the reasons 
from my understanding, Jeffrey Dahmer, for instance, we talked about him earlier. Mm -hmm. yeah. He was trying to stay as close to these men as possible. And that's why he had their body parts. And, you know, I mean, as, as twisted as that is for us to wrap our minds around for him, it was very real. Like I am, yeah. I want to be close to this person and this is the only way I can do it. So I think that's an awesome example, Noah, of, you know, if somebody had just seen this person and made them feel valued, important, yeah. they had a purpose, um, then they wouldn't you, have stuffed all that recognized. Down. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. I, I think me and Heather are going to have our own podcast. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think there's, you know. You see that, KT? You see that? Well, I just wanted to say thank you, everybody, for listening to that. Good night. <laughs> if I could close yeah. the door, I would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys are, are going to do, you know, like a follow-up podcast as far as we talked a little bit about forensics and how that oh, yeah. sort of Ooh, yeah. changed oh, yeah. the game. But the yes, good news yeah. is there there's a lot less serial killing going on Um these days you, you mentioned the 70s and 80s that was like the heyday right mm -hmm. that was the, yeah the the good time for serial killers but um <laughs> there's been <laughs> i'm sorry noah i don't mean that to glorify the old good times yeah the good old days i think i think just kill just not get caught, man that was the good old days you <laughs> could eat blood everywhere <laughs> She's See, been assimilated into to our totally KT unprofessional. I didn't want their show to go away. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> You're part of the no, group now, Heather. The curb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, Noah's got a podcast by himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's been, been, it's to been done before. <laughs> yeah, some FBI guy's uh, like, that's not funny. He just chimed into the podcast. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> is that one of our 12 listeners? <laughs> I would actually be yeah, surprised man. if the FBI is even listening to us. Man, you uh, never know. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would be <laughs> yeah, like, you don't you guys have anything better to do? No, 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 no. But yeah, we're definitely going to follow up. This is just for the for the millions of listeners that are all over the world <laughs> listening to us. This is just the first part. 13. Of ours. Yeah, <laughs> serial killer <laughs> series. We've talked about the psychology of the serial killer today. Next time, maybe we'll, I don't know, Heather, what you want to talk about the forensics part of it? You choose. I love forensics. Yep. Right. That's so interesting to me. You choose. You, okay, so next time, it'll be the forensics part of uh, dealing with a serial killer. I definitely enjoy myself today. I don't, I don't know yeah, about anybody no, this else. Yeah, great. Likewise. See, no, it came together, man. It I know, I know. Noah's going to go back to his bathroom and throw up. <laughs> He's like, wow, this is so terrible. I'm so dirty. He was worried all week like it wouldn't come to change. I was not worried. I knew it would be okay. The benefit is maybe it makes us better neighbors, better exactly. parents. That's right. You know, we pay you more attention. One or, person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Make one person feel loved and connected so they don't hurt you. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Noah, yeah. go talk to your neighbors right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Go say hi. Go check their basement. Yeah. Go yeah. Yeah. have a pie over right now. I talked to all my neighbors with respect, all of them. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually fill in that, that pit in the back of my house uh, that, you know, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. Silence of the lambs joke. Sorry. Yes. Uh, put the lotion in the basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. All right. Well, I guess we are winding down to a screeching halt. Thanks, Noah. Mm. Um, but mm -hmm. yes, uh, I think it was actually a good conversation. A lot of information yes. given out, a lot of different perspectives on the psychology of a nut. And how, <laughs> how some of them can be, some of them can be, some of them could just be straight assholes, some of them might have problems, some of them might not have problems. Like, there are so many different aspects, reasons, theories as to why they are who they are. Yes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we tried to figure it out, but we couldn't. Not today. No, mm -hmm. well, we'll come back, we'll be back. Yes, Give us your feedback, everyone. Yeah, all 13 of you.
Hey man, we love we you. Gain a follower every time. We lo- yes, we have thirteen nice. people. I wanted to say to those thirteen people out there that we love you, respect you, and we, we love you. Appreciate you yes. listening to this complete drivel that we put out there on a weekly basis for you to listen to and completely mess up your ears. If you have any ideas, hit us up on our Facebook or on our Anchor. Yeah, or if you just uh, know us, hit us up. You know, anywhere. We love Ryan's to hear you. Say hi. Yeah, don't get too close because the room is still out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But you know, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> yes. Any closing definitely. words, Heather? Any closing words? Oh, man. No, I... <laughs> this was great. You guys opened my eyes to a, a couple of other ways to, to look at this, and mm. it's, it's always been very interesting to me. So thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for coming. Cool. Very cool. We enjoyed you. Here. Great yes, thanks for joining Great us. Yeah. Thank you. It's always yeah. fun to have an extra person because we get tired of listening to each other. Exactly. Yeah. We need new <laughs> fresh ideas. <laughs> yeah. trying to say Perspective. I didn't try to say it. No, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> there was no trying there, man. I said it. We needed something else in here other than our crusty voices all the time. So man, it's, always, it's always a pleasure to have somebody new on the show. So thank you, Heather, for showing up today. And we'll be glad to have you back when we decide to do this one again. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. So with that being said, I'm going to say thank you to everybody who's listening, all 13, maybe 14 of you. If you have a friend, yes. tell them out there and grab that person and say, listen to this. Mm-hmm. Whenever you listen to your podcast, please don't forget to subscribe to a conversation with open minds and always remember when you talk to your friends not to be an a-hole but Mm-mm. to have a conversation <laughs> with an open mind and with that i say thank you and good night god bless